most recently our revelations inside Twitter, the the uh, the uh, uh, Twitter executive uh, stated that their culture at Twitter is quote commie as fuck. This is what he <laughs> said. Quote: Twitter does not believe in free speech. Um, our jobs are at stake. Elon Musk's a capitalist, and we weren't really operating as capitalists. More like very socialist. Like we're all like commie as fuck. Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kissin. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating people. Our brilliant guest today is the founder of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. Welcome to Trigonometry. Great to be with you. Uh, listen, man, you do very interesting work. And before we get into that, I would just love to know a little bit more about who you are, what's your background, what's made you do the, the work that you do. Tell us who you are. My name is James O'Keefe. I run an organization called Project Veritas um, with the motto, Be Brave, Do Something. I'm in my office right now in Westchester, New York. We run a nationwide undercover investigative journalism organization. We've been doing this for about, uh, well, since I was 19 years old. And um, we have dozens of undercover roaming journalists that wear hidden cameras to expose waste, fraud, abuse, and corruption. Our most recent story was the Twitter one featuring the two Twitter executives, engineers on tape, disparaging Elon Musk, calling him Asperger's and special needs and talking about how they're commie AF, they're communists at Twitter. We've done stories on voter fraud, government corruption, prosecutorial abuse. We've sued the New York Times for defamation and gotten past motion to dismiss. That's interesting in, given the recent Johnny Depp revelations with the, the actual malice standard. We've, I, I've been incarcerated. I've been jailed. I've been, I've been raided. I'm the only journalist in American history running a press organization to be raided by the FBI uh, over Ashley Biden's diary, reporting on that. Um, so Veritas is kind of the tip of the spear. We, we, we are represent an organization that goes undercover, but also represents whistleblowers when the inside of these organizations that come forward, because we believe that in order to expose what's happening. We need to equip people to do that. So lots to talk about. We've done hundreds of investigations and uh, the floor is yours. Well, James, the one thing I was going to ask you to start off with is I came across your content uh, a, a couple of years ago and I just saw that what you do is you get people to talk to get people to talk about themselves on a on a uh, hidden camera. So you get to hear from the horse's mouth. Yet when I go on your Wikipedia page, it says you're a far right organization that uh, deceptively edits videos. And I'm like, how do, how do we square those two different well, visions? I mean, you, that, that's assuming Wikipedia has any credibility. I mean, right. mm. it doesn't necessarily mean anything or, it, you know, Wikipedia is, is good for researching, you know, rhinoceros in, uh, uh, you know, the country, you know, Africa, but not necessarily good for politics, um, you know, because oftentimes these are the these are the problems, just like anything else we've done. It's it's the New York Times, Washington Post, the powers that be Google, the bias that's inherent. Um, you know, it's funny thing about anecdote about Wikipedia. Um, we we've, we've, at Veritas, we've never actually lost a lawsuit, which is an extraordinary um, a, a victory for us. Uh, contrast that to an organization like CNN or The Washington Post that constantly settle lawsuits and they accuse me of being a liar. So, so our attorneys went to Wikipedia and tried to get cited. Well, we've all these lawsuits that we've won. Wikipedia's moderators told us 
that legal documents are not credible sources. <laughs> legal documents. So a federal judge giving us all these victories in court saying we don't selectively edit videos or do anything improper. According to Wikipedia, those are not credible sources. So what you have is the era of what we call at Project Veritas, George Orwell's uh, double think to because they will cite one lawsuit there on Wikipedia, but ignore all the other victories. And that's why Wikipedia is not credible. Mm. And James, you, so you talk about bias and you've done investigations, as you say, into all sorts of things. What is it that you're trying to show the world? The reality. I think we're trying to show the world for what it actually is, you know, and and, and unfiltered. And, and what have you and, found that to be? Well, I mean, it's circumstantial. I mean, it, 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 it depends upon what you're asking about. But gener generally speaking, things are, uh, you know, as my, the late Mike Wallace said, and, and I wrote about this in my recent book, American Muckraker, things are rarely as they seem and, sh and seldom as they ought to be. So people say, what motivates me? Well, when you're growing up and you're watching local media and you're seeing things are rarely as they seem and seldom as they should be. And, and oftentimes people debate facts. In other words, you know, does two plus two equal four or two plus two equals five? And that's the tragedy in America right now is that we don't agree on facts, but there is only one set of facts. You're not entitled to two different realities. So um, oftentimes we, we record these people saying these things, for example, the Pfizer executive. And I'm not even sure I'm allowed to say this on, on your show or Twitter or anywhere else, but it is a fact that a Pfizer engineer, uh, biochemist at Pfizer, uh, said that the vac that the um, if you've had COVID, it's more effective uh, at, at, than their own vaccine. The antibodies are more effective. This is coming out of the mouth of a Pfizer scientist. So for for me to report that, I get censored. Why am I being censored? Don't kill the messenger. I'm just I'm just reporting, which is my duty, what the people inside a pharmaceutical company are saying. That's the tragedy that that we're that we're faced with at Project Veritas, and most people most people don't do this because it's too hard. You know, you get sued, you get attacked, you get censored. It's expensive. Investigative journalism is hard because the problem we found is that media companies often give you the information that the people in the government want you to know. They 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 give you sanctioned information. And, and what you really ought to do is give people the unsanctioned information. You have to go against uh, the consent uh, of, of the government and also go give the information that's not permissible for you to give. And when you, when you take that route, it's very difficult. It's very, very taxing. And, and uh, oftentimes it, it leads to issue, things that we had to deal with, like the FBI coming after us, which is truly an extraordinary development. James... How do you pick your stories? What, why do you go after certain stories and maybe just disregard others or think that others aren't as important? How do you, how do, you do your editorial? Well, oftentimes our stories pick us. Our stories choose us. This is something that most people don't understand um, because people are very political, right? So most people are, are out there opining. And mo most content you consume on Instagram, it's all people's conjecture. It's all people talking what they think. But what Project Veritas and what investigative reporting does is sources come to us with information. We try to corroborate it. People trust us. 
they trust us because of what we've been through. Um, we had a source come to us recently within the FBI, a whistleblower. I did not seek that person out. That person sought us out. Uh, we get thousands of tips a day, hundreds of DMs a day. And that source inside the FBI came to us with a document showing that the Federal Bureau of Investigation labeled us as news media uh, on their internal computer systems. This was in direct contradiction to what the prosecutors said. We're not a journalist, they said in, in New York. So this whistleblower, this person with a conscience inside the Bureau, uh, felt the public should see this information. This is a restricted document. You could say even perhaps classified document that very few people had access to and brought that to us. I did not seek that out. In the beginning of my career, I indeed did seek out. Uh, I did infiltrate, went undercover. I went in as a pimp into Acorn. I walked in the door, you know, pretending to be a pimp with a young girl that I said was my prostitute. Obviously, in the beginning, I kind of went out there. And in the beginning, I chose subjects that were sacred cows. Those That means to say, organizations that the media refuse to investigate. Planned Parenthood is a great example of an organization that, well, you shouldn't investigate them because they do good work. I said, well, okay, well, they could do good work, but you should also investigate them because they get whatever billion dollars of federal money. So everything deserves scrutiny, it's particularly groups that are powerful and have a lot of money. And James, Let's be honest, everybody has bias. We have bias. Every media organization has bias. Do you think that Project Veritas has a bias? And if it is, would you say it's right-leaning at all? Well, I think we have less bias than anybody else because we don't color what we show you. It's literally people's lips moving. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get less biased than that. I mean, you can, the only argument you can make is why don't you investigate all the things? Well, that's kind of a that's kind of a non sequitur, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, no no journalist investigates all the things. I mean, some of the most award winning journalists in American history, like think of Seymour Hirsch, he won the Pulitzer Prize for his, rightfully so, for his exposure of the Vietnam massacre, with with with, with United States Army, you know, killing innocent people. But he focused on that one thing, didn't he? Nobody criticized him for that. So, no, I, I mean, I, you, yes, it's what you choose to focus on really is your point. The question behind your question is, why do you focus in one direction? But Veritas does a lot of different things. And we investigated a Republican politician in Arizona most recently in December. Uh, 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 Stovall was his name. And he was saying things in his automobile to his colleague that he was saying directly contradicted his public policy stances. And as Veritas grows... You know, you'll, you'll see us do a lot more stories. But the question behind your question is, you know, why do you what, you, you seem more conservative? Listen, I mean, you'll generally have sources come to us with corruption in the government. And, 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 and people say, well, left wing, right wing. Well, since when is the FBI left wing? Is CNN left wing? Is the New York Times left wing? Are pharmaceutical companies left wing? If so, when did that happen? And what's your definition of left? So we really have taken for we have to revisit these definitions of of both ideology and public policy um, as as we as Veritas grows. And James, you talk about holding people with power to account and investigating them. I think one of the things that we would definitely all agree on is the tremendous power that social media and big tech companies currently have. And you've done a lot of work 
to expose some of the biases inherent in, in, in those companies. Uh, most recently, you mentioned Twitter. What is your perception? We talk about, you know, big pharma being or not being left wing. Do you think that uh, the big tech companies have a political bias or, or some other kind of bias? What do you think is going on there? Well, I, I, most recently, our revelations inside Twitter, the the uh, the uh, uh, Twitter executive uh, stated that their culture at Twitter is, quote, commie as fuck. This is what he said. <laughs> we asked him what he meant by that. And he said, quote, Twitter does not believe in free speech. This is his word. So you're asking me what I think. I'm only going to quote the people that work at Twitter currently, and by the way, that's what makes me less biased than anybody else you've ever spoken to. Here's what he said, quote, Twitter does not believe in free speech. Um, our jobs are at stake. Elon Musk's a capitalist, and we weren't really operating as capitalists, more like very socialist, like we're all like commie as fuck. Um, <laughs> I don't know if two parties can truly coexist on one platform. So this is what this man is saying. Um, at Twitter, his name is Saru Murugusen. He's a Twitter senior engineer. And uh, he says many of his colleagues have voiced that it would be their last day at Twitter when Elon Musk takes over the company. So clearly, based upon his own remarks, he's describing an internal culture, a very zealous ideological culture at Twitter. And James, uh, by the way, I grew up in the Soviet Union. I'm not on board with any of this shit. Mm-hmm. I was, the reason I'm asking you what you think is... Uh, I mainly was asking, what have you found based on your investigations? Because while I follow you uh, and your content, I, I haven't seen every bit of content that you've produced. So I guess what I'm asking is, what beyond that in, one interaction with this particular person, what have you found as a broader theme in terms of these big big tech companies? More like what he said, um, and 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 there's a kind of. The problem is, is that, you know, in in going back to my Pfizer example, it's my duty to report what these people are saying. And when you're censored for doing that, you, 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 it it, it creates a real catch 22 because, you know, in in the case of Pfizer, you know, people say, are you pro or anti-vaccine? It doesn't really matter what my opinion is on that. I don't really have one. I'm not a scientist. I don't have enough information really to even tell you what I think. But when when um, when Pfizer's uh, uh, number three or number four position in Washington, D.C., Vanessa Gelman was her name, and she was a, a top executive in the company. And she's saying in emails, we got to hide information from our customers. We can't tell our customers that we use fetal cells in the development process of our vaccines. I have a responsibility to republish that information and to report it. Especially, especially if it's a secret, if they want to keep a secret from their customers, it's my duty to report that. And Instagram removed our uh, people's ability to tag Project Veritas and myself. That means you cannot tag us on Instagram. And there's a little box that shows up that says uh, we've spread misinformation about COVID. And again, my question to these companies is, what, and by the way, I'm a very litigious individual. I like to sue. I like to defeat people who do sue me. We've never lost a case. So my question for these, and by the way, I can't sue Instagram and Twitter under this rule because of a federal law that that shields these companies from immunity. I'm certainly not shielded from immunity when I make statements about people. But my question, and this is a rhetorical one because the answer we know, 
is what is misinformation about publishing an email from, from Pfizer's executive saying they want to hide information from people? That's my responsibility, okay? So what you have is a twisted vortex which disincentivizes people from doing the right thing. It disincentivizes journalists from reporting truths unspoken. Because when you do report the information that you're supposed to report, you get punished. And the worst way in the 21st century to punish someone is to deplatform them. And that's why, and that's really why we have the, the problems that we have. You know, when, when, a, when a Pfizer executive says, don't tell anybody this, what's the first thing going through my mind is I want to publish that information and I'm censored for it. That answers your question about the problem in big tech companies and the problem overall. Hey, Constantine, do you want better mental health? I'm from Russia. We don't have mental health. So how do you deal with mental health? You drink vodka, then go out and wrestle bear. If you live, you feel better. If you die, you're not real man. What about the bear's feelings? It's Russian bear. It has no feelings. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, not sleeping enough, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. Sleeping too much, undereating. This is Western disease. Therapy has really helped me in my life to concentrate and focus. It's really important to have someone impartial who you can talk to about the tricky issues that you're struggling to deal with. Therapy has played a really important role in helping me to deal with my ADHD and become better in all areas of my life. Why is he telling them how weak he is? Drink vodka, feel better. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Trigonometry funds get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash trigger, especially if they're not real men. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P dot com slash trigger. And James, why is it that mainstream media don't cover these particular topics? Why is it left to a, an organization like yours that started relatively recently? Why don't we get the big, the big publications, the big channels reporting on this? This is public interest, surely. I would, I would refer your audience to my book, American Muckraker, which is probably the most comprehensive modern essays on the question you just asked is the entire subject of my book. But in short, in a nutshell, you know, the, the press acts in a symbiotic, in a symbiotic relationship with these people in proximity to power through what Noam Chomsky referred to as a reciprocity of mutual interest. So what does that all mean? It means that they get the information from the people in these companies. So to, 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 burn those relationships by publishing the truth, by publishing the unsanctioned info, would to be the bite the hand that feeds them. So they can't do that. Second, what I, what I said a moment ago is that, you know, if, I, if they publish the email, you know, from Vanessa Gelman, the, the ideological community and the tech companies would censor their information. So the easiest thing to do is to go with the grain, to not be censored. Um, and, uh, there's sort of this sort of mutual reciprocity that exists, um, in, in the government. I mean, 
And when you think about it, do you know any other, do you know any investigative reporters who are looking into these three letter agencies in the federal government? Is anybody doing anything? And, and finally, uh, another reason is nothing ever happens to these people. That's another thing you hear from, from everyone, all, every comment you ever see uh, is always not, there's no one's ever held accountable. So, uh, so there's no, there's no, there's no fruit in it. There's no reward in it. In fact, the first chapter of my book is called Suffering. You might say, well, why, why would you write a, a, a journalism book and first chapter be suffering? Because you kind of have to like pain. <laughs> you have to be a masochist to do what we do. There's no reward in it. Um, so there's, there's many other things to talk about there, but that's kind of an overview. And James, we, we often hear people say that the, the media is at its lowest point. Faith in the media is at its lowest point. Is it because the media is worse, or is it just because we're more media, we're more aware of what the media does and how they manipulate information? Uh, is the media worse than it used to be? The answer is yes. There's a there's a it's always happened. Just like FBI, J. Edgar Hoover existed years ago and would use inf- dirt on people, but I think it's gotten worse because of the consolidation of of the big tech companies. And most of the profits that uh, go to most of the information disseminated by the powers that be, the New York Times, CBS News, are, 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 are on Google and Twitter and Instagram. That's where people see the information. Uh, there's also fewer newspapers than there used to be, fewer local journalism than there used to be. There's very few reporters on quote unquote investigative journalism. And it's, it's uh, New York Times or Washington Post, and that's about it. In the United States, that just wasn't the case in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, you had organizations like the Chicago Sun Times, which did intrepid undercover work at local bars, catching city inspectors, bribing people. You just don't see that anymore. You just don't. Um, uh, and 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 you you had a lot of other undercover investigative exposés in the 80s and 90s, like Mike Wallace and Primetime Live and Diane Sawyer catching grocery store people and rotting meat, but that, but that created lawsuits. Now, ABC news uh, got sued by uh, food lion grocery and it cost, you know, seven figures, million dollars plus to defend. And the for-profit corporations of America that run the newsroom said to hell with this, I'm not going to, to, to get sued and litigate all this. Uh, So most people just go along to get along and and do what's in the best interest. And finally, in, in modern times, you have Good Morning America, which it feels like I'm being sold comic book characters and Disney movies. I'm not really getting, I'm getting a bunch of gobbledygook in the morning. I'm not really seeing any intrepid truth to power muckraking that you used to see. And James, you use the word censorship a lot to describe what's happened to you by the social media companies. So let's deal in specifics. What do you mean by censorship? Yeah, we've been banned from Twitter. Project Veritas' ban on Twitter uh, right after we quoted uh, CNN's Charlie Chester saying that their propaganda, his words, not mine. I don't know why Twitter banned us. Perhaps they should be banning the man saying what he (laughs) said. Um, I'm banned on Twitter. Project Veritas is banned on Twitter. Uh, You can't tag us on on Instagram, which has been an enormous uh, uh, wound to us. We were gaining tens of thousands of followers a month. We haven't gained any followers in six months, so, so clearly, you know that that's the cause of that. Those, that's the, the social media is the main distribution mechanism for everyone. Twitter 
is the main uh, modern town square. The alternative platforms to have a fraction of, of a percent of reach is those. And all the major news organizations get their news information out through Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that that is the problem in modern society. You, you have a complete consolidation of, of information. And that, that is the censorship we speak of. Yeah. And that's really awful because that's how I kind of initially came across your, your stuff. Uh, and to see that you're banned for quoting other people, I think is, it's insane. Whether people agree with what you do or not, it's just a, in a free society that shouldn't happen. Uh, James, what what has been the most shocking thing that you've discovered in the course of your investigations for you personally? Many things. Uh, top of my mind, the FBI executing a search warrant against a press organization was was unbelievable. <laughs> Oftentimes, it's the reactions to our work. Uh, that are more shocking than the actual revelations. I mean, I could I could list. It would take me thirty minutes to list all the different things. Those things don't really shock me. They sort of confirm suspicions. We all anything you suspect, it's probably the case, right? P- people do corrupt acts. They 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 lie. They cheat. They steal. In fact, one guy, Chris Jackson, Colorado, who is a progressive political activist, quite. We have to lie, cheat and steal to win this election. Remarkably, <laughs> nobody reported on it. So it's, it's almost like the the reaction to what we do is 10 times more shocking to what we do. Um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, in no particular order. Twitter story, I, I asked the guy who said, mocking Elon Musk's uh, Asperger's, he says he's special needs, we can't take him seriously because he's special needs. I asked him what he meant by that, and he started running away from me. Hi, Alex. Hi. I'm James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Oh my God! And you are on hidden camera, okay. talking about Elon Musk. Okay. And you say that he has special needs, and uh, he's gonna, quote going to say some crazy f- shit because he's special needs. You also are. Yep. You're also on tape. <laughs> Why is it funny? Well, no, I'm just like you're. You're literally just trying to like capture me in the middle of. My own dinner. Yes. Um, but well, we, well we, this is what you said to one of our journalists. You said, quote, your special needs, your literally special needs, I don't even take what you're saying seriously because you're special needs. That's not, that's not true. Would that's, you like to see you no. saying that? Because Ken, don't you also see his piece of mind? Why can't we just all love each other? Haven't you seen his other tweets where he's like, I'm like, your special needs, you're literally special needs. <laughs> literally, though, you really are. So... I can't even take what you're saying seriously, because you're special. No, I, I'm good though. But like, this is which a part is inappropriate which, while I'm trying to finish having my dinner. Well, so. I think is it appropriate to to mock special needs no, people? No, absolutely not. And like I said, are, are you, that's are you, not even it. Are you saying that you um? By people so that are coming on camera. We're we're journalists. This is what the First Amendment. I know that you don't believe in the First Amendment. I'm gonna just finish my dinner. So. They're hugging him. Oh, there he is. There he goes. Oh, there he goes. Hi, I want to take a jog. Why are you running? Why are you running away from us? I, sir, why are you running? We're jogging here with a Twitter executive on the streets of New York City who's literally gone in an all-out sprint. Uh, you, you, you shared an email with us. You're, you're, why are you covering your face? Well, you already talked to us. You, you shared an email with us here where you said, it said, don't disclose confidential information. 
Do you understand the irony? You're literally disclosing an email. I didn't it says right here's the email. I can no team groups like Project Veritas are active right now, right? Excuse me, sir. What what, what is Elon Musk going to do when he sees this? I don't know. He ran down the street. I don't know if you saw this. He ran down the street of New York City and into every business he ran to try to hide from me. <laughs> but each owner of each of those businesses on the Upper West Side of New York City came out and expressed support for Project Veritas, which is itself insanely shocking because it's New York City and one would think that nobody likes us there. Apparently everyone does. So you can't, uh, the FBI raiding my home, um, the prosecutors in New York have said that I'm, quote, not a journalist. And, and the judge asked them why. And the prosecutor said, Your Honor, uh, James O'Keefe is not a journalist because he does not get permission and consent from the subjects he reports on. That was maybe the most shocking thing I've ever heard said in my entire life. Obviously, the definition of a journalist is to publish that which others don't want published. So for line prosecutors in the United States of America to be telling judges that we're not journalists because we don't get cooperation and permission from the fraudsters we report on. That was shocking. That was a, a wake up call for me to have FBI agents point guns at me in my apartment, put me in handcuffs and take my phones and notebooks. That should be a shock to everyone. It was a shock to the American Civil Liberties Union, which is considered a more liberal left leaning organization. But even they were like, whoa, so, there, there, I mean, I could go on for 30 minutes listing all the shocking things that have happened. I think the problem in modern society, it's actually very hard to shock anybody these days. Um, 20 years ago, everyone would be shocked by everything that happens to us. But these days, people sort of shrug their shoulders. And, and I think that the tragedy right now we have is that it's all about hurting the other guy. Everyone is on the team. And, and, and it's all about hurting the other team. So... People view view that through that lens. Information is less powerful, and images are less powerful than they used to be. Um, and I think the new currency, the new uh, rarity, is going to be courage. And that's why our motto is "Be brave," because we want these whistleblowers to come forward and 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 show the world that they're going to have to give up their jobs and their livelihoods to bring these truths to the public. But you must be heartened, James, at uh, the reaction that your work gets, uh, the number of people who engage with it, the people who enjoy your content and feel that it has real value. Oh, I'm an optimist. I, I think we're going to win. I just think it's it's incredibly painful. And and uh, that's why I call the first chapter of my book Suffering. Because <laughs> we, we need people to actually do what I do. I mean, I need people to follow. I, I need. I mean, I can do it. My my undercover journalist. But um, what the FBI whistleblower did was in, incredibly heartening. In fact, the most heartening thing I've ever seen was the FBI whistleblower. I cannot obviously tell you who this was, but we interviewed uh, them in the shadows. This person actually brought me a secret document from from my case that said on news media, which contradicts what the prosecutor said. And this person said to me the following statement. They said, I said, why, why are people doing all this stuff in the government and going along with it? And he said, because they want the paycheck and they want the pension. And he said, the paycheck and the pension, that mentality will eventually lead to the Holocaust. 
And he said that when FBI training, they actually go to the Holocaust Museum. They go to the Martin Luther King Memorial for a day to remind the agents, don't do this stuff, guys. But it's just like Jordan Peterson says, inch by inch, they push the goalpost inch by inch. Now they're rating. Now they're pointing guns at journalists in the United States of America. OK, and I'm not I'm, I'm confident that we, we must win. In my case, I have to win. In my, if I don't win this case with the FBI in New York, don't raid a journalist home and take their stuff because you don't like what they're doing. If I lose that, it's game over. Countries, it's over. There's no, what, what other Rubicon do you want to cross? I mean, you can't take away the First Amendment like that. You can't, you, you, government agents can't raid journalists' homes and take their notebooks to find out what sources they're talking to. When you cross that Rubicon, it's the end. It's the end of Western civilization. So I, I do believe I'm optimistic. I'm confident that I will win this case. Right now, the, 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 our motion to get our stuff back is on the judge's desk, and she has to rule on that. And if she rules against us, I can appeal that to the Supreme Court of the United States. But even then, look what's happening with our Supreme Court. People are questioning the legitimacy of the Supreme Court based upon what political party appoints the judges. So there's a lot, there's a lot at stake here. And there's a lot on the line. So I'm optimistic, but I understand it's trench warfare. Yeah. And James, you talk about all these Rubicons being crossed, and I completely agree with you. I don't think the, the law enforcement should be harassing journalists in the way that they have been. Not just in your case, we have similar situations happening here in the UK as well. Um, do you think that's happening for the reason that you mentioned earlier, which is everything is about team red, team blue. Yes. And if it's the other, if you think it's the other team that's that's doing this, then no laws can be can be upheld. You just can do what, what you do, what you need to do, as opposed to what the Constitution says or what the law yes, says. Precisely. You, you, you said it better than I could. It's all about whose team you're on and whose ox you're perceived to be goring. There's no there's no semblance of 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 justice or or logic or principle. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald uh, wrote a great article about this, The Death of Principle. Um, you mentioned one, I think it's one of your Guardian reporters in the UK is getting secret warrants. There's just, it's all about like good off with his head. You, this, is the, this is the sentiment you hear, guillotine James O'Keefe, right? Like put him in jail. In fact, most people want to incarcerate the people that are politically opposed to them. I hear this all the time. Why aren't they in jail? Well, they're saying that about me. Why isn't O'Keefe in jail? Let's jail everyone who disagrees with us. And clearly that's not, it's not, that, that's, that's a recipe for, for civil war and, and, and much worse than that. There just, there just is no logic anymore. There's no principle. It, that's why I was so heartened to see the ACLU come to our defense. I was heartened to see uh, the reporters committee come to our defense um, in these cases, because there are certain fundamental principles here at stake that we all have to unite behind. And I, maybe that is the mission of Project Veritas after all, which is to find the areas of consensus in society. And whatever that narrowing, you know, Venn diagram is where we all agree that this is wrong. This is, this is unconscionable. There's a great book called The Custodians of Conscience, which I uh, cite in American Muckraker, that we, we test and affirm what is and what is not an outrage to 85% of people? Is there anything that we're still united on? Of course there is. Of course there is. That's narrowing. But if we lose that consensus in American society, 
um, we're in trouble. And that is the role of a journalist ultimately is to, is to create that consensus. Uh, and sometimes they have to push too far like they did with the FBI raid for people like, whoa, uh, people on the left, like, I don't want that to happen to me under Donald Trump or DeSantis. I don't want them to point guns at me and take my notebooks. So I have to defend Project Veritas. Yeah, James, it has been an absolutely wonderful interview. Look, I, we could have spoken for double, triple the time. It's been yeah. We know you're a busy guy, so we've got to let you go. So we'll ask you uh, our final question, which is always the same, and yeah. then we'll do a couple of questions for our local supporters. So go for it. Yeah. So our final question is: What's the one thing we're not talking about that we really should be? That's a great question. I think you stumped me this morning. <laughs> what's, a, what's one thing that you're not talking about? We as a, we are not as a society more broadly. Yeah. Are you talking and are you talking globally or American? Yeah, or sure. Well, or? Yeah. The, West, the West. The West. I think this issue of what we I I think I'm and you know I'm 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 biased to what to what I've said here on this program. I, I think it's this notion of 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 equality before the law. That would be my my main my main driving impetus that maybe even was the origin story of this company that I founded was equality before the law, that, that we need to be treating people equal before the law and, and not what team they're on. And there needs to be more, there have been some, some conversations about that, but I'm very, I'm concerned about the lack of, of people's even thinking about that concept. It's all about hurting the other team which is a political discourse. So I want to hear more discussion about certain principles. And I, and I point again back to the Glenn Greenwald column that he wrote about, about our very case and about Ed Snowden, about Julian Assange. There needs to be m many more conversations about equality before the law, in my opinion. And James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, ironically enough, if people want to find you online, where is the best place to do that? Or banned on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, uh, you can, you can find us on Instagram. We're censored there. You can't tag us on Instagram. I, the, your audience will say, did you know that you can't be tagged? Yes, I know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're, we're well aware. We get a hundred messages a day telling people, telling us that, do you know that you can't be tagged? It's hurt us immensely, but you can download something called telegram. It's an app and you can follow us on, on telegram and you can download our clips, which are only a minute long and you can upload them into your Twitter and Instagram. And that's what we have done in Twitter. The story we did on Twitter, uh, 20 million views on Twitter, which is the most watched video in Project Veritas history two weeks ago. And you also have a YouTube channel, of course. Uh, James, don't go anywhere. We're going to ask you a couple of questions for our audience. But for the moment, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you very soon with another brilliant episode like this one or Raw Show. All of them go out at 7 p.m. UK time. And for those of you who like your trigonometry on the go, it's also available as a podcast. Take care and see you soon, guys. Would you consider doing undercover work targeting special interest groups, lobbyists, law enforcement, and politicians around DC? Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.